And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Baseball Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to the Athletic Baseball Show for Friday, February 9th. Derek Van Riper here with Steven Nesbitt. Steven, it's a great week to be a baseball fan. There's a ton of great content out. We've got playoff odds from fan graphs and the Pakota standings over at Baseball Prospectus. Fresh top 100 prospect list from Keith Law here at The Athletic. A few other folks around the industry published their lists in the last few days as well. It is a cornucopia of winter baseball content. Exactly the word I'd use, you know, and we're also to, to bring people behind the curtain, DVR, great to be back on the air with you. It's been a little a little minute. Uh, we, we're just coming in hot off of a uh, Thursday afternoon all-hands call led by our work father, um, or at least mine, uh, Mark Carrig. We heard from some of the, the luminaries of the baseball vertical here at The Athletic. Um, Chief among them, Ken Rosenthal. Uh, good, Just good team vibes going on. So we're coming in off that to ready to get our, our baseball takes rolling. Yeah. So we wanted to focus today on a few of those big things that have dropped, most specifically playoff odds. We're going to start there. And what we're looking for, we're looking for three teams that we feel will have better playoff odds at the all-star break than they have today from the initial release of the Fangraphs playoff odds. We're also going to find three teams that we think will be lower in playoff odds at the all-star break than they are right now. We'll see if we can agree on three from each side of the ledger. I'll let you have the first submission. As you studied these teams and looked at these numbers, who popped for you as one that would likely improve their playoff odds between now and the All-Star break? So there are two that are almost identical odds um, that I think both could be candidates here, but the one I'm going to go with is they're in the same division. It's the Orioles and Rays. I'm going with the Orioles. Uh, Orioles currently sitting at 57.5% odds. Uh, Rays just behind them, 57.2 chance to make the playoffs. Uh, the Orioles, with what they just did, uh, grabbing Corbin Burns, they already had a great team, right? They're coming off of a, a division title and didn't get considerably worse, right? I mean, they they sure their closer went down late last season. They went out and got Craig Kimbrell. Between him and Yannir Cano, I think they'll have a good bullpen. This is a bullpen that, as you've mentioned uh, before, led the league by a good margin in holds last year. They had saves on lockdown. They were so good in that back end. And uh, if you bring a, a Cy Young type in the rotation, even just for this year, I mean, they're going for it this year. And um, I think this is a lineup that even has more ceiling with some of these young players who were just transitioning to the majors last year um, who you know have their legs under them now uh, they could still make another move there are still players on the board here they are not you know as, nearly as likely as some of these other clubs uh, Toronto's the the Cubs who who probably really really need to make a move but if they do I think it takes them over the top and I I'm I'm buying them uh, the over and, and probably like a significant over on the 57 and a half yeah, I could see them sitting closer to 75 or 80% odds uh, of making the playoffs once we get to the All-Star break. This is a good call. This is one we agree on. A big part of the reason is the depth, right? You have the young 
rising stars, guys like Adley Rutschman and, and Gunnar Henderson, who already have put together impressive resumes in their young careers. They're projected by the Bad X to be their two best hitters again this year. You've got some secondary guys that have been solid. Anthony Santander, Ryan Mountcastle. I think you get a bounce back from Cedric Mullins. And then you've got this next wave of young talent. Some of these guys have debuted already. Some haven't, where you're probably going to see a lot of Jackson Holiday. You're going to see more Jordan Westberg this year. You're going to see more Heston Kerstad this year. You're going to probably see some Kobe Mayo this year. That's a lot. That's a lineup that one through nine might end up being the best in the American League and just as good as what you see you know, the Braves or the Dodgers put together if those young players hit the high-end projection there. So uh, it's been really impressive for me. There was a point maybe two years ago on this show where I wondered, are they more than Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and even kind of Gunnar Henderson at the time? They, they were like the core three. I wondered if, if they would develop enough of the other prospects. The answer has been a resounding yes. Like more than many people probably would have expected. This has been a wildly successful rebuild fully with you 57 and a half percent as we sit here in early February does seem low I think they're absolutely one of our three teams that will be heading up the Rays for me are a little more borderline I think you have to make a stronger case for me to feel good about it I, I can see how they do it because they're the Rays they're one of those teams that projections are probably a little light on every year I think this is true of most teams that mix and match really effectively with platoons and even teams that manage their pitching staff in an unusual way, right? Um, The same might be said of the Brewers on the National League side based on how they're built right now. But focusing on the Rays, I think the biggest question is going to be how do they find a way to backfill at shortstop? I think there's a very good chance we don't see Wander Franco this year for good reason. And that's one of the areas where it's, it's more of an open question. Maybe we see Junior Caminero come up and play more shortstop. That's one possibility. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they lean more on some glove first guys that are clearly good defensive players that don't offer as much with the bat and they just get buried in the bottom third of the lineup, right? You could see Osalivas Basabe or uh, Jose Caballero, who they acquired from the Mariners. like, And then they just mix and match other spots and, and get more offensive production from the rest of the lineup. That's one path for them to do it, too. I'm guessing if you buy into the Rays, you're also a firm believer that their rotation is still very good and that the the return of Shane Boz gives them a possible frontline guy to put at the top before season's end. Yeah, I, I the rotation still I think is 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 way stronger than a lot, you know, the average fan might think because you have Zach Eflin, who they have uh, turned into a force. Uh, Aaron Savale uh, was, they they sort of bought high on him last year um, from Cleveland, uh, giving up Kyle Manzardo in that trade. Uh, But I think he's a good number three starter. Um, And you add Zach Littell, who's been completely serviceable. And then Ryan Pepio has a lot of upside. Taj Bradley, another huge upside play. And Shane Boss, who's been really good when when healthy. I think they have what it takes. However, they, I didn't pick them for my number one because I, I feel, uh, you know, a good margin more confident that the, the Orioles are going to uh, exceed that projection um, because the Orioles, I mean, I mean, just consider the, uh, you know, you have Junior Caminero coming over, uh, coming up for, for the Rays. At the same time, you have Jackson Holiday coming up. And what are the, what's the, the, uh, the luxury the Orioles have? They can put Jackson Holiday like eighth or ninth in that lineup. Like they do not, they do not need him to come up and lead off. He does not need to hit in the middle of the lineup, uh, even though he's got um, the type of bat 
that uh, that could eventually live there. Uh, man, it's it's all signs pointing up. And, and once you get uh, uh, Corbin Burns, you take that rotation that was for me kind of a middle of the pack to maybe 20th type range. Uh, if you're ranking rotations, uh, you suddenly, you know, just for one year for now, uh, you, you jump that up to where I'm like, yeah, they could absolutely live uh, a postseason series with three guys, with four guys. Um, even if they hit an injury, I feel I feel okay, especially with the way Grayson Rodriguez came on late last season. So that's my that's my uh, first pick. Who are you who are you putting on the board? I would put the Tigers on the board. I think is my first pick. I, and the okay. AL Central is a, a land of opportunity. I, I know there's some good vibes there right now with the the Royals giving the big time contract to Bobby Witt Jr. I love that. We know the Guardians are one of those teams that can exceed expectations even when they don't make big splashy moves in an offseason. Maybe they're a little better this year than they were a year ago. I like the fact that Bo Naylor is going to be the starting catcher as opposed to being someone they call up midseason. I don't know what they were waiting for last year. Maybe Kyle Manzardo gives them some punch in the middle of the order that they desperately needed. He was the other side of that trade that sent Aaron Savale to Tampa Bay at the trade deadline. But the Tigers... The more I look at the depth chart, Stephen, the more I like them. The more I believe that they actually have some things that are falling into place with Scott Harris kind of reassembling this roster a little bit. They signed Colt Keith to the pre-debut extension, so he should be on the opening day roster, barring a, a catastrophic spring. You look at Riley Green as a guy that's missed some time since debuting. If he's healthy for a full season, he could easily be their best hitter and could ascend to all-star level production. Yeah. Not much of a stretch there. And you start looking at some of the other pieces around this Tigers lineup. It's it's getting better on the margins in a way that Harris's old team, he was part of the San Francisco Giants front office, it's similar to that where you have Mark Canha as this kind of solid veteran, right? Spencer Torkelson last year started pulling the ball and doing more damage in the air. That looks like a big step forward. So you could kind of see this young core blending with a few veterans, a few guys that haven't debuted yet. And you look at them as a group that maybe has a better pitching staff than people realize. Do you look at the Tigers pitching staff and think that maybe they're underrated at this point? They made a couple of nice additions. Most specifically, I think Kenta Maeda was a sneaky ad. I think he gives them quality, even if it's only for 140 innings this year. It's probably more like number two, number three starter kind of results. That's big. Tarek Skubal kind of pitching more like an ace since coming off of his latest injury. You still have Casey Mize and Manning and a couple of the young guys trying to figure it out. We saw Sawyer Gibson Long and Reese Olsen last year. It's not a group of household names, but it is a group of guys that bring something to the table and have some glimmers of actually improving in a big way relatively quickly. There's enough here to, to believe in, and, and I, I say that as someone who comes from a, a household of Tigers believers uh, back in Michigan my, with my family. Um, the, the rotation is enough now that, that you could talk me into Jack Flaherty having um, you know, a big platform year on a one-year deal. Kenta Maeda coming in and having a real impact, not just as a veteran leader, but as a guy who can still put up real numbers. What you're missing in this rotation is a guy you can sort of account on to go 180 innings. You know, like Tar Scoobal has has had uh, major injury problems in the past. Casey Myers, same deal. Matt Manning has dealt with injuries. Reese Olsen's exciting, but, you know, you're not going to bet on more than 130, 140 innings, uh, even from from him. So there is there's enough there that they can make it work. I think the 
the lineup is coming together in, in a much realer way. Spencer Torkelson took a step forward last year. Riley Green, I agree with you. He has star potential uh, if healthy. So I I agree with you. I'm not sold on this being one of my despite my despite my uh, <laughs> my background. I'm not I'm not sold on this being one of one of my three. But I could be talked into it. We'll we'll, we'll settle on it um, a little bit later. I, I like the direction they're heading. I think they're still. Um, it's it's hard because the, the 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 division is so winnable that yes it could happen at any time but I don't think they're going to be in play for a wild card at all so you need to win that division and are they you know are they going to be creeping up on where the Twins are and where the Guardians are I'm not sure despite the fact those teams haven't done anything really to get better so um so where where let me let me throw another team at you how about the Rangers 34. Uh, 0.2 percent odds to make the playoffs this is the defending world series champions they have uh i I think they're dealing with some of these uh the the uncertainty this offseason about um, local tv contracts um i think they're going to be it sounds like based on evan drillick's reporting they're going to be dealing with some sort of one-year one-year deal uh not the type of one-year deal you want to be uh talking about when it comes to a local tv contract but this is still uh, a team that not only does it have these established uh, stars in, in Simeon and in Seeger and Adolis Garcia. Uh, Evan Carter came up and had a ridiculous postseason run. Uh, Josh Young was really effective. Jonah Heim is one of the best hitting catchers in the league. And you have Wyatt Lankford waiting in the wings. Wyatt Lankford, who has surged up to, as we'll get we'll get uh, to uh, Heath Law's prospect rankings here, he is, I, I don't remember where he had him, I think he's top six maybe? Maybe he was sixth or, or fifth. Wyatt Lankford is one of the very, very, very best prospects in baseball after being um, a high draft pick last last summer um and so i i believe a little bit more than than they do at uh getting you know a third uh a third of the odds there at 34 percent um but i understand you're also you're dealing in the american league where the orioles the rays are involved here and then over in the west um you're gonna get uh some pressure from uh who am i who am i missing here you got the the Houston Astros and the Seattle Mariners. So there are not a whole lot of spots, but the Rangers, I think, deserve a little more love than that. So what's interesting to me, I'm looking at the Fangraphs projected win totals as well. The gap between the Astros and the Mariners is smaller by these projections than it is by Pakoda, a baseball prospectus. I'm a believer in the Mariners. Their pitching is fantastic. Yeah. I think their rotation and bullpen are elite. I think they're at least a top 10 offense, and they might even strike out a bit less this year than they did last year, so they might be a little more consistent on a day-to-day basis. That could be a good thing for them as well. I think it's a it's a tall order for the defending champs, in part because they're dealing with so many injuries. They have to wait for Max Scherzer. They have to wait for Jacob deGrom. They have yeah. to wait for Tyler Malley. If they can tread water and just be five, six games back of a playoff spot as they start getting those guys back. They could be the kind of team that actually dips in the first half, ends up with a lower projected playoff odds That's at good the point. all-star break, yeah. and then takes off in the second half. Like I can see the all-star break pieces about the Rangers being super negative. Oh, are they sellers at the deadline? Was it a one-year fluke? I don't think it's a one-year fluke. I just think part of the way they're built and part of their shortcomings right now come from their starting pitching and the guys they're relying on, if they don't bring someone back like Jordan Montgomery, Evaldi, John Gray, Andrew Heaney, they all have pretty scary injury histories. Yeah. So they're just on really thin ice for me as far as their starting pitching collapsing. As good as their system is, it's loaded really with position player talent and not pitching help. So maybe there's something else there like a trade that I'm not able to account for right now. But I think they might be a team that's similar or lower than their current playoff odds at the break, 
and then they still have a run in them in the second half. I think that's a, that's a good point you make about uh, the Tigers' odds in the Central. If everyone's floating around 500, your odds are going to just continually get a little bit better. So I could definitely see them at the at the break as a team because let's be honest, Tigers fans were talking into like August about how the team was technically in contention and had uh, a decent uh, share of the odds. So, all right, let's go Tigers. Tigers are number two team. Uh, throw your next <laughs> candidate out there. <laughs> Can we take a chalky team like the Astros? That's not very fun. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Can I make a, a ridiculous case for the Angels for a second? <laughs> Please do. 15.4%. Very, very low right now. It seems deserved because you lose Otani. You have a really quiet offseason. Most of the additions have been in the bullpen. or revamped coaching staff, right? You bring in Ron Washington, a whole new group of coaches. Barry Enright's a new pitching coach. Lots of stuff's different. I look at this team and I think... They shouldn't be bad on paper. And if you believe that Wash is a good manager and someone that can maybe just push a more veteran group to care on a day-to-day basis, then you could see them overperforming a little bit. A healthy Mike Trout, maybe a Mike Trout that doesn't have to play in the outfield every day as a result of Otani's departure, maybe that means we get 150 games from Mike Trout. Maybe we get Anthony Rendon back just as an above average hitter and near everyday player at third base. That might be way too much of an ask. But if that happens, that actually gives them a nice boost. I think we saw some really good things last year from Logan O'Hoppy and Zach Neto. I think Neto could take a really big step forward this year. So they've got some talent up the middle. I think the lineup is probably a little better than people give it credit for. Brandon Drury is one of those guys. Every time you look at the projections, it's like, League average, 20 homers, no big deal. Well, good. He's like their fifth or sixth best hitter, potentially. That's fine. That's what you're looking for. I think what it comes down to with the Angels is if you believe in their pitching. Do they have enough pitching? They added the bullpen, so maybe the depth there is just good enough, whether it's Robert Stevenson or Matt Moore. Whoever's closing doesn't matter. Carlos Estevez was the guy last year. Their best three relievers are much improved now, even compared to just a couple of weeks ago. So that's that's a step in the right direction. But does a rotation that is built with Reed Detmers and Griffin Canning and Chase Silseth and Patrick Sandoval and Tyler Anderson and probably Jose Suarez as their number six, is that good enough for them to hang around in this division given the quality of the Astros and the Mariners especially and the Rangers, you know, even with their short-term shortcomings still being the defending champs who are very good as well? My initial reaction was was no way. Um, but 15% is, is pretty small. And we're dealing with 
with uh, with odds here that will, will certainly fluctuate as teams have a tough start or as again teams sit around 500 for a bit that's it, it would be such a, a uh, um a crowded arena for them to try to wade through to get actually into a playoff spot if we're just talking about their odds though yeah it is more realistic especially because we have to consider they're one of the teams that has sort of been rumored for quite a while to be a Blake Snell candidate um for for landing spot and so and they they might just be crazy enough to give that guy a ton of money over a year. And I listen, Blake Snell is fantastic. He deserves uh, every award he's gotten. Um, but this is not a, a player who evaluators think is going to be a smart signing long-term. And it's going to take some team going a little crazy to uh, to give him the money that Scott Boris is going to get him. And, uh, and and if you put him on top of this rotation, as we're looking here on off Graphs, roster resource, you go Blake Snell, Reed Detmers, Griffin Canning, Patrick Sandoval, Tyler Anderson. Like, okay. Now we're talking. I could definitely see that team, uh, you know, being a little bit uh, dangerous at least for half of a season. So, uh, so because of that, I am I'm intrigued by the Angels as an option just to better that 15%. Um, but let me throw let me throw back at you another division that that is near and dear to your heart. Um, the, so the NL Central is is I'm going to throw the Cardinals out here later just to to spoil things as a team that I think has too high too high of an odd. Mm. Um, but that leaves the pack that's behind them. The Cubs, Brewers, and Reds are all pretty tightly packed. Uh, it, the Cubs have thirty-nine, uh, sorry, 37.9% uh, playoff odds. The Brewers, 35.6%. The Reds, 30.1%. <clears throat> the Cubs, clearly, of those three, are much more likely to go out and get another uh, free agent or two here um, of the, the actually pretty large crop still available. Um, the Brewers, I think, are a, a lot better than team than a lot of people realize because, yes, they just gave up uh, their star, um, their their ace, their Cy Young winner, but um, they got some guys back who they like. So I, I could kind of be talked into either of those two teams as well as to just throw it all in line. The Phillies, I think, deserve some better odds. Um, but I, of that group, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stump for the Cubs because I think the Cubs are going to do something more here. I think they have a, a pretty good team coming back already. They have the makings of at least the top of the rotation with Justin Steele. Uh, they want to got Shoti Monaga, Jameson Tyone uh, looking for a bounce back. Kyle Hendricks is always useful. Jordan Wicks has shown some good things. And in, in the lineup, maybe they go get Cody Bellinger again. Uh, even if they don't, I, I'm interested actually in quite a few of their other hitters from Horner to Hap to Suzuki. Dansby Swanson uh, had another good year. Christopher Morel can mash. I don't know why he just can, um, and so if they go out and get a pitcher and a hitter, uh, I, I don't think the Cardinals are running away with this in the same way that I see drawn up here on Fangraphs. I don't really believe the believe the narrative. I, I mean, shoot, all these teams get a better odds uh, by the All Star break. All three of those teams, because I just don't see the Cardinals uh, running away with it in the the way that uh, Fangraphs does. Yeah, it's so interesting when you look at these these four teams, and, and the Pirates aren't bad either. I mean, you look at their projected win total, it's three off of the Reds, who are projected fourth. So you're not really dealing with a seller team in the NL Central the same way you do when you look at the NL West, where the Rockies are projected for like 63 wins. And even in the NL East, the Nationals, whose rebuild looks like it's going pretty well, they're projected for 65 so I think that can really muck things up over the course of the season. Everything stays kind of flat. A lot of that for me, if I'm going to buy the Cubs right now, it just hinges on them not being done with their offseason. Their offseason has not made that much sense. Yeah, Shota Imanaga is a great addition, but he effectively replaces Marcus Stroman. He might be an upgrade over Marcus Stroman, but they needed another starting pitcher last year. Yeah. So they need one there. 
bringing back Cody Bellinger is good, but I felt like they needed one more bat when they had Bellinger. Are they aggressively pursuing multiple free agents, even if one of those is a reunion with Bellinger? I, I would need to know that to like fully be confident in it. Yeah. And then how much of their young talent are they going to turn to early on? Is Kate Horton going to get a lot of meaningful innings at some point this year? Is Matt Shaw going to come up and solve the problem at third base? Is Pete Crow Armstrong, who we saw at the end yeah. of last season, is he going to be installed as the everyday center fielder? The more yeses, the the more momentum I, I, I can see here. I, I think they could get a lot better a lot faster if they spent on top of pushing those young players into more prominent spots. I mean, they started the offseason with a splash, taking Craig Council away from the Brewers with a lot of money. I just hope for the sake of the people that root for this team that the plan was more than just having Council try to squeeze extra wins out of the roster the way he had been accustomed to when he was managing the Brewers. Hey, give me your, your stump speech about the Brewers. Where, where do you see them right now, percentage-wise? Do they do they deserve that 35.6, or, or am, I, am I right that they're a little low? It feels a little low for me, but I understand why it's low. So they just added Gary Sanchez, probably as a DH mostly, but he can also catch when William Contreras needs a day off, so nice combination there. Gary Sanchez's defensive numbers are way better than the reputation that... Yeah. Gary Sanchez on Twitter has. So (laughs) keep that in mind. Aside from the Brewers' longstanding work improving catchers defensively with Charlie Green. It's just an organizational skill that they've developed over time. I think when you look at them, you see some weakness in a couple of spots. You wonder, do they have enough power from the left side, especially? Yelich isn't hitting for power the way he did back when he won the MVP award. Sal Freelich, to me, is a little more of a, a slap hitter. Bryce Terang looks like an all-glove second baseman who might not hit a lot. Maybe he'll improve, put more balls in play, but that's kind of a funny weakness this team has. Not a lot of left-handed power. You look at the rotation, clearly D.L. Hall is going to start for them by need. They're going to try that. Makes sense. This guy has potentially three-plus pitches. It's a matter of command and staying healthy. If you believe that D.L. Hall will stay healthy and be effective... You could see a quality one-two with Peralta and D.L. Hall, and then they have to cobble it together the way they often do with some innings eaters and a great bullpen. So that's Wade Miley and Colin Ray and Jacob Junis. Guys like Miley and Ray and Junis and Joe Ross, who's coming off of a major injury, they're never going to project well. So it takes this level of trust that the organization has found something that will work. They'll have a game plan that'll work for those guys. And that they'll be able to maximize their value. That they won't overexpose them. They'll be quick to give them hooks and, and turn to a pretty deep bullpen that continues to be a strength. So I, I guess I could get on board with them being under-projected right now. But I do think you have to fully buy into their process to have that confidence. And right now they're testing that for a lot of people. Tons of recent successes. Probably the, the best stretch of success in franchise history that we're dealing with right now. And the reactions around here when Corbin Burns got traded to the Orioles last week made it seem like the sky was falling and nothing's working anymore. And I don't think that's the case. I think people have already forgotten. They just gave Jackson Churio, their top prospect, a huge contract that signals he's likely on the opening day roster. And if he's on the opening day roster, maybe they wait two weeks and call him up. But he's a rookie of the year candidate in the National League. That's a possible superstar in the mix that you didn't have. You add Reese Hoskins for some power. Like, it's a tough place 
to be a fan in some ways because you'll never ever get to spend as much as the Cardinals. And of course, when you see teams like the Dodgers and the way they spend, that's like way out of bounds. But even the Cubs will typically spend a lot more. So you're just left to player development, being comfortable making trades, betting on the future that the six plus years that you get from D.L. Hall and Joey Ortiz will keep your window open as long as possible. And you're willing to sacrifice a little bit of short term ceiling, maybe a lot of short term ceiling to get it. Okay, so then let me set the parameters. You've talked me out of the Brewers successfully. I'm down with it. It's the Cubs or it's the Angels. And so here I'm going to set the parameters. You have to make the pick. The team we pick for our third spot here. Uh, as the underrated uh, is the team you think is more likely to get Blake Snell Angels Cubs that's our pick I think it's the Cubs I, something's up with the Angels uh, you know we had that that whisper a while back that Artie Moreno was looking to sell the club it was an actual report and they took him off the market we just saw the Orioles get sold kind of unexpectedly so I wonder if that's what's going on with the Angels I think the Cubs are more likely to say we were just waiting for prices to come down we saw the clear and obvious need we're going to go out and get our last guy, our last two guys. If it's Snell in a reunion with Bellinger or Snell and Matt Chapman, some combination of those two guys, yeah. that all seems more likely. So okay. for me, it's Cubs over Angels, but the, the Angels get laughed at all the time. I just felt like they deserve to be considered as a team that might be a little underprojected. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, so so I've already given a hint as to where I'm heading for my first pick for the uh, teams that are overvalued here it's the cardinals so this is a team coming off a horrible year that said we need to completely overhaul our pitching and they did but yet they come away with a, a pitching staff that i don't fully believe in um so sunny gray uh he's been fantastic in recent years uh they're followed by miles michaelis kyle gibson lance lynn and stephen Matz. i don't look at the the last three of them as anything more than like a back of the rotation extra arm uh they've sort of been like Kyle Gibson is like the definition of average major league starter. Lance Lynn has been extremely erratic. And Steven Matz is just your sort of your standard lefty. It's, that's fine. That's a valuable guy to have as your fifth starter. But do you have a one and two? I'm not even sure you truly have a one and a two. And these guys are all 30. Let's see. The ages as uh, put out here on Fangraphs, 32, 34, 35, 36, 36. This is like what the Mets had last year where you're like, these, are, these guys are going to break, aren't they? And indeed they did, uh, dear listener. And so... And so I don't believe fully in that rotation, even though it looks completely different from what, what it looked a year ago. Um, you know, the, the the bullpen, I think, will be okay, despite the fact that they don't have Jordan Hicks anymore. Um, uh, I think Keenan Milton was a good ad for them. Uh, but listen, you're, you're depending a lot on a couple key contributors in Paul Goldschmidt, who's 36, and Nolan Arenado, who's 33, almost, 32 for now, um, and some really young guys who have not fully rounded into form uh, with, with Jordan Walker. I think we're still waiting for to see what, like, really where is that upside for him. Nolan Gorman, uh, I think, came into his own last year, big on the, the power numbers, but is not going to be a huge on-base guy. Um, and uh, Mason Wynn uh, got a sniff of the majors last year. He's going to get a, a big run this year. Um, he was at the top of... Uh, Prospect rankings, certainly. Uh, so they have the talent there, but I don't think they have so much more talent than the Cubs could likely end up with, or even where the Brewers are and the the Reds uh, trailing behind, but certainly a talented team that's spending money and, and has developed well in recent years and can do a lot of damage in that zany ballpark of theirs. Um, I don't believe that the, the, the Cardinals should be at 54.6% chance to make the playoffs. That's where I'm at. The gaps are really small, but if I asked you, who has the best rotation in the NL Central as it stands today with no trades, no signings before spring training, just as they're all currently constructed? 
Which one would you choose as your own rotation? Neutralizing for Parks, of course. I think it's the Reds. I didn't I didn't intend to say that, but the <laughs> Cubs okay, as they stand today, the Cubs, um, you're right. They have they have a you know one two type in Justin Steele who's been really good, but you're, you're kind of watching it like is this smoke and mirrors? Like is this going to keep working with this guy who's almost like a two pitch pitcher? Um, but to be clear, has been very very effective. So that smoke and mirrors is working for now. Tyone has struggled lately. Um, you have uh, Shotiamania is a huge question mark. So I can't really say them with Milwaukee. It's like uh, you know Freddie Peralta. I think is a guy with with really big upside. Is he ready to be an ace? We'll see. Wade Miley, your your classic you know mid thirties veteran. Um, I'm trying to think of the rest. D.L. Hall, sure, that could all play out, but they're question marks. And then in St. Louis, I just I just spelled it out. Like I, I don't believe fully in anybody beyond um, Sonny Gray, and you're expecting Sonny Gray to deliver what he does, which is like 180 to 200 innings. And he could do that, but behind him, I, I don't know, man. I'm not sold on the rest of that rotation, despite the fact that they are proven big leaguers, and there's some value there, and Lance Lynn could bounce back, and Kyle Gibson could be like first half Kyle Gibson from last year for a whole season. They could do it. It's not the worst park to be in. Um, but I think I would, I think I might lean if I had to pick now on Hunter Green, Graham Ashcraft, Frankie Montas, who they went out and got, Nick Martinez, they went out and got, and Rabbit, who was fantastic for at least ten starts last year, and uh, and they have some depth in that in that uh, that system. So that's I think if you know, kind of the head, that's where I'm going. What are you? Yeah, I think I'm the Reds as well. I, I like Nick Lodolo a lot too, but I think between Green and Lodolo, they could have the best oh, yeah. one two yeah. in the entire division. It's it's within the range of outcomes for sure. I think the reason I asked is because I'm with you on the Cardinals pitching. I like Sonny Gray more than most. I think they went just a little bit too uh, innings-eating bulk yeah. with the strategy. I think this is one area where the arrival of Hyam Bloom in the front office is something we talked about with Katie Wu maybe a month or so ago. I want to see how their philosophy towards pitching changes with Hyam around. Like, Are they going to become more like the Rays, more like even the Red Sox we've seen in recent years. Are they going to become an organization that finds a way to not only just unearth value on the pitching side, but make guys better? Because I think this is one of the things they don't do. They do a lot of things really well in St. Louis. It pains me to say it. I say it all the time. I, I think that the, the reason I'm not sure that they're overprojected is because I think this position player group can outhit the pitching. I think there are so many ways for them to just get better. A healthier Nolan Arenado, probably better. A full season of Wilson Contreras where they're not asking dumb questions like, is he still a catcher? <laughs> they're not going to do that this year. Wilson Contreras is a good player. Everything's fine. Paul Goldschmidt bouncing back a little bit, already <coughs> continuing to work with different uh, weighted bats and things this offseason, just trying to find another really productive season. Easy to buy into a bounce back from him. You know, the young guys between Walker, Gorman, Mason, Wynn, two out of those three guys will probably be better than they were upon arrival and to me like the best bet's actually gorman i think gorman's gonna mash yeah. even though he's got some defensive limitations he might hit to be like a classic dh like 30 35 home runs big time power I, I love what nolan gorman could bring to the table for the heart of this lineup and then across the outfield you don't have tyler o'neill anymore but you still have pretty good depth i mean you got newt bar you got dylan carlson maybe as your fourth tommy edmund is going to play some center field when he's healthy walker who you mentioned before I just think they're they're in a good position. And then Victor Scott, one of their top prospects, might be up to play center field this year. So I could see them just being one of these teams that, because of the division they play in, they can hide their starting pitching a little bit, lean into their bullpen depth, maybe get the impact starter they haven't got yet this winter at the trade deadline, 
and at least keep that 50-ish percent playoff odd. So they're not a, not a clear down arrow for me, but I understand exactly why you're concerned. I If, if I were a Cardinals fan, I'd be mad that they didn't get one more impact starter and that they instead opted for a combo of Gibson and Lynn. Like one of those guys was fine. Both of them was not what you wanted. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort, but it's possible to have it both ways. I'm all set for summer thanks to Mack Weldon. The Vesper polo shirt is so breathable you can wear it on the golf course, but it looks classy enough to wear to a party. The Maverick Tech Chino short is ultra flexible, and the Pima Crew Neck T-shirt is perfect for those casual weekends. There's no need to be uncomfortable in your clothing ever again. Some guys just want to look good without calling attention to themselves. Mack Weldon Apparel gives you understated good looks for understated confidence. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of modern life. They look like regular clothes but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Breathable underwear that keeps you cool, dry, and comfy all day. Crazy comfortable but elevated sweatpants. An upgraded classic polo with antimicrobial silver threads. An ultra soft antimicrobial tee for when you need to stay fresh longer. That's the Silver Crew Neck T-shirt. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code MLBSHOW. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Promo code MLB show. Yeah, I, I think you're right. There's, I mean, they're actually for, I named the old guys, the old geezers on the roster, but there's also a ton of youth. Like Gorman's 23 still, uh, Dylan Carlson's still 25. And it feels like we're writing him off a little bit as like the player we thought he could be versus who he is today. Um, and then uh, Wynn and Walker still both 21. So like these are, there's so much uh, variability that happens. You know, the, the the range of outcomes is huge when you have guys that young, and and they could they could all hit, and Lars Newbar could be the <clears throat> the hitter uh, Eno has dreamed of. You know, and uh, <laughs> and so well, so they could they could they could uh, it could turn this division into a cakewalk, and especially if the Cubs don't do anything as far as more signing, so it could happen. Uh, but uh, that was my first instinct was I don't see them uh, running away with it like the like the projections think. All right, hit me. Where are you going? The Marlins. What's going on with the Marlins projection here? I mean, they the fact they were going to install someone in the front office above Kim Eng, it's just a classic Marlins blunder. And what have they done this winter to make this roster even slightly better on the margins? It's a whole lot of nothing. No, it was like they, they did their work at the trade deadline in getting Josh Bell and Jake Berger, and now they're just going to sort of see if that works. Yeah, they got more thump than they had a year ago entering the season. You're relying on Jazz Chisholm to stay healthy. You're relying on Jake Berger to do it over a full season. I guess the other part of it for me is I look at their their rotation. It's still very good. Yuri Perez could be one of the best young starters in the National League. Love Yuri Perez. I think they're going to miss Sandy Alcantara in a big, big way. You know, you have Yuri Perez, Jesus Lazardo. Braxton Garrett, that's a nice trio. 
I'm not as high on Edward Cabrera as Eno is. I just think the the control issues are too much for him to overcome, barring a massive, massive change in his command and his approach. So I just think their their previous strength took a really big hit when they lost Sandy. And I'm a little worried that they just don't have enough in this lineup day to day to contend and, and hang around in this division. I mean, the Mets, you know, they're taking a small step back, but they're not they're not bad. The Phillies are clearly better than the Marlins. The Braves are obviously a lot better than the Marlins. And the Nats are getting better. So I just look at the Marlins as one of those teams that needed to continue adding and have just stood so still this offseason yeah. that there's almost nowhere to go but down, which is really a, just a, a terrible turn of events for them. Yeah, I, I think you're you're right. They they went out and got the punch they had lacked for a long time. And, and Josh Bell opted, in, I believe, as a player option for this year. So he, he could have left. Uh, maybe that would have changed the course they went. But uh, you're going to need, I think you're baking in some pretty considerable steps forward if you're rolling with this team. You need Jake Berger to do what he did last year. Uh, which uh, not a foregone conclusion given where he's at in his career. I mean, he, he could do it. He's extremely talented as far as um, just like raw power goes. And the uh, projection that looking at Fangraphs, it says 29 homers. I think he could eclipse that. I think he's going to get everyday run there. Uh, Bell uh, would be going into his last year before free agency again. Um, yeah, th- those it could all click for them. Um, but a lot has to go right. And this rotation, like you said, without Sandy needs to again lead this team, which... Uh, I'm not betting so much on Cabrera and Rogers to be, um, you know, the guys you want every every fifth day. Um, so they have what was a 33 and a half. Am, am I right on those odds? So I agree yeah. that does feel it does feel a little bit high, especially considering that there are so many so many playoff spots. It feels like we can look around that look around the uh, the NL just like the AL and, and kind of feel like these are pretty well sewn up. Um, but uh, you know, you got to play the game. So by, by the uh, <laughs> By the break, I could I could definitely see that one uh, dropping. Let me okay. So uh, you you just stumped for the Mariners. I was actually going to say that might be a little high, but uh, let me go actually the direction. Let me go with the, the low hanging fruit because everyone's been yelling about this Pagoda uh, pick. Um, the Yankees, the Yankees. I don't remember what the Pagoda number actually was. The projected win here is uh, eighty eight wins for Fangraphs, uh, eighty eight and seventy four. Uh, 74.4% chance. So this is a team famously did not make the playoffs last year. Uh, was not a particularly good ball club last year. Had uh, numerous issues. Uh, Aaron Judge out for a couple months with a toe injury. Uh, Carlos Rodon was was injured and then not good. Um, they just did a rather remarkable trade, if you've been paying attention, getting Juan Soto to be there, probably their number two hitter. Um, I had a judge... Um, I, you can look at this team and say, absolutely, I can see why this why this would work. Soto is fantastic, even if he's only there for a year. Aaron Judge is, if he's again, if he's healthy, great. Aaron uh, Anthony Rizzo, if he's healthy, great. Verdugo, I think, is a, a solid piece for them. Um, he's going to fill a role that he was probably being asked to do too much in in, in Boston, um, and he doesn't need to do as much here. Giancarlo Stanton, if healthy, great. But there's so many ifs in that in that even just in the lineup and then you go to the rotation which has really been the bugaboo for them garrett cole wins a cy young in the year where everything goes wrong for them first off he needs to replicate that and then carlos rodon needs to get back to his um you know his ace looking form and then marcus stroman i'm not sure what to make of him at this point um he's a ground ball type pitcher and so sinker baller like i can see that working in the bronx you know limit some home runs i can dig all that but you did also trade off a bunch of um 
a bunch of your pitching, I would say prospects, but it's it's more it was more like pitching depth uh, plus prospects uh, in the Juan Soto trade. Um, that I, I just continue to worry about that rotation, and they could spend more money and go get another. Uh, you know, they could go get Snell as well, but I don't necessarily think that's uh, going to happen. So I still I feel good about them as a playoff team and and, and getting in there as as a wild card maybe. Um, but uh, but I think seventy five percent basically is is high for them. I think that's a, a very fair way to look at it. I think they've had a very good offseason. They've done what they needed to do. Yeah. Can't really complain if you're a Yankees fan about the adjustments that have been made to this roster so far this winter. I think it comes down to every other team in the division being good enough to at least hang around. But I think at least the Orioles, Rays, and Jays could all contend for the division. I don't think it's ridiculous to say that the Red Sox could get very lucky and hang around and then make some additions or have some young talent come up and, and pop. I think their, their problems are going to come back to starting pitching. Ultimately, they're not going to have enough of that to close the gap on the rest of the division this year, but I'm with you. 74.4% seems high. One thing I've said about the Yankees for a long time, this is true of any team that has a lot of veterans in its core. These teams tend to be favored by projections. They tend to come out more favorably, even though there's added injury risk as your core gets older. Yeah. So they're a little more risky to underperform, even if it's just slightly because of time missed. It would force them to lean on their depth a little bit more. Their depth is very good. It's still probably not quite what you'd like. I mean, I, I do think it's better. It's better than it has been, though, because they're going to get Jason Dominguez back midsummer. Trent Grisham as a fourth outfielder. Yeah, it's pretty good, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the questions about whether they actually hit the current win total projected at 88 by Fangraphs and 94.4 by Pakoda. That's the one that everyone was really getting riled up about. I think a lot of that hinges on Anthony Volpe getting a lot better, but it's possible. Glaber Torres crushing it in a walk year, possible. Juan Soto being typical Juan Soto, not much of an ask there. And maybe Aaron Judge avoiding a fluky injury as far as the position players go. All, all doable things. Where I think it really is shaky is the rotation depth. Rodon's injury history prior to last season, unfortunately, is it's about as bad as anybody you're going to find in a rotation. Shoulder problems, elbow problems, everything. Stroman, to me, is a good glue guy just to chew up innings, be above average as a starter. He's going to hopefully get you 140, 150 innings. Maybe he gets you more. Great. Nestor Cortez was hurt last year. I wonder, is he completely healthy? Can he be out there for 30 plus starts? Clark Schmidt's injury history is kind of brutal. If they lose one or two of these guys, they're kind of in a familiar place where they have to turn to depth. So if you believe in Will Warren and Chase Hampton and the younger guys they'll turn to, maybe Luke Weaver has something that the Yankees see that they can fix. That's a bit of a stretch for me, but you never know. Then maybe they exceed in that area. But I think that's where they're the most vulnerable. It's just the injury history of their starters and not necessarily having the next guy up that you feel good about the way that a team like the Dodgers have, right? The Dodgers are just so loaded with their depth that if you're a Yankees fan, that's probably your best gripe is well, we, we should have guys like that. We should have Emmett Sheehan's and Gavin Stone's and guys that don't even have a spot to call their own yet who can come up and be at least mid-rotation starters with upside for more. Listen, Clay Holmes came up in the Pirates system when I was covering them as a starting pitcher. Let's just, that's their their secret weapon. Uh, they're going <laughs> to run out of starting pitchers and say, let's loosen this guy back up. Let's stretch him out. Um, it's July. Let's go. So I'll, I'll take this as one of our three lowers. So right now, we've, we've considered the Cardinals, and I don't think, I'm, I'm on the fence on them. 
the Marlins we agreed on, right? They're going to be lower at the all-star break than they are right now at 33.5%. Yankees we agree on, 74.4% today for playoff odds from Fangraphs. We think they'll be lower at the all-star break, even though I think we both expect them to be in the playoffs. It's going to be harder than the current odds would lead you to believe. So we got two we agree on. Can we find a third? I don't know if we can because... uh... Look, I'm I'm not sure the Mariners are 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 in the right spot at sixty percent, but you already hyped up their chances and think think they are. You, you love where they're at. Is there a team that you're gonna you uh, you want to nominate as a as a, a serious faller here? Uh, it's is it unfair to take a team that's near the bottom of the standings in their division and say their chances will go from two and a half percent to zero by the All Star break? To be fair, I didn't really I didn't really scan that part of the. Uh, yeah, that's that's not really fair. That's not really the point of the exercise. All right, I'll I'll throw some water on the defending NL champions, the Diamondbacks, and oh, it's another wow. case where I like the team, I like the direction they're headed overall. There's a lot of positives here. I think the reason they're they're 51.8 percent right now. So we're going to see if we can agree on either the Cardinals, or the Diamondbacks, because I think these are the two best candidates for this last spot. 51.8 percent chance of making the playoffs this year. You got to deal with the Dodgers, who are heavy favorites to win the division. But you also have to deal with the Padres and Giants, who are projected reasonably close in wins at 81 uh, and 79.6, respectively. So both teams within five games of the Diamondbacks, even with the Padres having to trade Soto and cut spending, Stephen, they're not a bad team. It's still a decent lineup. You've got you know Machado, you've got Bogarts, Hassan Kim, and of course you got Tatis. And I think Tatis another year removed from his lengthy absence could get closer to being the player he was before the injury and the suspension. He showed a lot of flashes last year. So like, if that's your core four and you have to kind of cobble it together with the rest of your lineup, you can make that work because you've got this benefit of Musgrove and Darvish atop the rotation. Michael King, who everybody likes, at least on a perning basis, as your new number three, the ballpark kind of helps you find back-end starters who can be effective. So I think they can get some combination of Randy Vasquez, Johnny Brito, Patino, whoever they're chucking out there to just find a way through. And they kept adding to the bullpen, right? They added Yuki Matsui, Wandy Peralta, made a few trades. This is a better roster than people want to give it credit for, even though it has a few holes. And I wonder if they're going to be a team that at the very, very end of the winter, just before spring training starts, even after spring training starts, they add a veteran or two that just couldn't wait out the market any longer. Like if, if I told you Eddie Rosario is going to go play left field for the Padres on a $2 million contract, would that surprise you? No, no. It's hard. I mean, with this exercise, it's it's hard to be putting teams in this camp that I think have done the right things. Um, so like the Yankees we just mentioned, I think the the Diamondbacks are in the same place there. They go get Jock Peterson, uh, you know, relatively cheap. Eugenio Suarez, I think, was a great pickup for them, bringing back Loris Gariel. Um, they add some depth. Uh, Tucker Barnhart, backup catcher. And then Eduardo Rodriguez. This is the move that I wanted them to make at the the, uh, the trade deadline last year. They didn't do it. And uh, Brandon Fott turned out to be just fine in the playoffs and uh, put him with, with Gallon and Kelly and Fott still there. Um I really like what they've done. I think they've done everything they need to to secure where they are. The bet you're making is more on the Padres than than on the D-backs, and I think that's a fair point to make. But if you're telling me, this is where I'm just gonna we're just gonna we're just gonna uh, be at loggerheads here. Um, if you're telling me that essentially the the D-backs and Cardinals have even odds right now, they're basically in like the fifty percent uh, range. 
if one of those is falling between now and then, I I, I think it's the Cardinals because of the, the pack that's chasing them. And there's just no wild card coming out of that division and, and the odds know it. Um, where I think there's a wild card up for, up for grabs here. And I I mean, I see the point about the Padres. I just don't think they're going to come out race, you know, come out hot out of the gate, especially if they're figuring out some things with their starting rotation. Um, I would bet on them starting a little bit slower. And if they figure things out, it's, it's later on. But, uh, but I mean, maybe do we just have to agree or disagree on that one? I can accept the Cardinals as their choice as opposed <laughs> to the Diamondbacks because it's an outcome that I'd be happier to see. <laughs> yeah, I've seen yeah. the Cardinals win in the NL Central so much that I'd have no problem with them underperforming again this year. Uh, I, I just see a few paths for them to get better. And I don't think we mentioned it at the time. I mean, Takoa Roby close to being in that big league rotation. Maybe we see Tink Hentz at some point this year, too. So they could get a lot younger and a lot better in the rotation if they promote those two guys and get higher quality innings from them as opposed to some of the, the older veterans we don't like. I do think the the question I have about the Diamondbacks is, you know, if Merrill Kelly regresses, if any one of Kelly or Gallen get hurt, what happens in that rotation? I think that's a really, really yeah. thin group behind them. And I think that could be a huge, huge problem for them relatively quickly there's plenty of teams in a similar situation but that would be like the biggest thing i'm worried about if i'm a diamondbacks fan like they definitely had to get eduardo rodriguez they needed innings they needed a competent lefty in that rotation i think the only other lefty they had as a candidate was tommy henry he's really more of an up and down guy i think at this point go blue yeah but that's part of the question there and i guess it, throwing it back to the cardinals is like which rotation would i rather have the diamondbacks rotation or the cardinals i'd give the edge to the diamondbacks it's a little better I like Gallon a little more than Sonny Gray. I like Merrill Kelly better than the number two candidates for the Cardinals. And I like Erod and Fott more than the current innings eaters that the Cardinals are relying on. So I think that's one area where, you know, I, I would give the I would give the Diamondbacks a slight like extra vote of confidence. It's just if those guys break down, they're in a world of pain. That I just really wanted our, our biases to be out in the open here, where you're uh, we're pumping up the Tigers and we're we're cutting out the Cardinals. That really plays right into our <laughs> right into our fandom backgrounds. Uh, I just wanted one of the listeners to really hone in on that and get mad at us. You know what? In fairness, though, we picked the Cubs as one of our three teams that we thought would exceed, move up in terms of their That's playoff true. odds. So. The Cubs are going up and the Cardinals are going down. We're okay. We're, we're neutral, I think, in the NL Central. <laughs> so the O's, Tigers, and Cubs are our three picks for teams that will have better playoff odds at the All-Star break than they have right now. Higher percentage of making the playoffs, according to fan graphs. Cardinals, Marlins, and Yankees are our three picks for teams that will have worse odds to make the playoffs at the All-Star break. So file this one away. Set a calendar reminder for the All-Star break and tell us how we did. I'm going to put that on Nez. That seems like something he'll do a good job remembering (laughs) and that I will absolutely forget. Uh, If you'd like to check out all the great content we've got on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash baseball show is the best way to get in the door. $2 a month gets you a subscription for the first year. It is the best value in sports journalism. We've got lots of fantasy baseball content coming around the corner. And as I mentioned up top, Keith Law's top 100 prospects dropped this week. There's 10 hours of reading in there if you're a slower reader (laughs) like me. So that alone worth the price of admission that's going to do it for this episode of the athletic baseball show we're back with you next week
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.